Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to All Starts Out We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Elland Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Martin Riley and I'm joined today by Tom Hossie-Cundell. Tom, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not not too bad, thank you. We did have one person, one more person lined up for today and they, they've decided to go to the pub and sack us off. Apparently that's more important than you listeners and we won't say who until it comes to a Patreon plug a little bit later. <laughs> Yes, we were both meant to be three of us, but just two. Bit of confusion. Um, we'll give him a little bit of credit. There was sort of a half verbal agreement for someone else to cover it, so it's a bit of a confusion all around. But we we are two fine men, and we will do a good job. So I'm, I'm, we are I'm, definitely two fine young men. We are indeed. And what have you had for tea? Uh, I've had spaghetti bolognese. Will come as a shock to everyone. <laughs> um, no, in fact, uh, I've, I've been running a little bit low on uh, low on money the past few weeks with the other events and stuff and all my food had basically ran out by tuesday so finally got paid yesterday and then instantly ordered a shop and so the first thing that i did was just as soon as the shop came was like right get into that mint <laughs> no you do, you do right i had something quite similar with the base ingredients i had a lasagna but yeah that that's on that's on the plan i've now also got my, in in this shop i finally got myself a dish that i can cook lasagna in after my uh, ex took that when she left the house, um, so I finally got that. So I've got I'm gonna make some fresh pasta sheets and stuff, and probably do that uh, some point early next week. I think. Yeah, it's always a good good one. Is lasagna with some nice garlic bread. But we're not here to talk about food. We're here to talk about Huddersfield Town. Um, but before we do that, we want to have a quick chat about the FA Cup game against Chelsea. Um, we don't have time to do a full-on review of it, but we'll have a quick chat about it. So, were you able to watch the game live? Uh, yeah, I watched it live while uh, doing some other stuff. Uh, so, it was on in the background. found myself uh, pausing some things that I was doing and watching for about five minutes, then coming back to it. Every time I looked up, I just thought Archie was having an absolute balling game. Indeed. Um, was essentially what I took from it. I didn't think we looked too bad in uh, much in danger from Chelsea, which... Uh, you know, that's kind of been Chelsea's issue, maybe not looking, just being a bit too lethargic this season. Um, yeah, I've seen and had some comments regarding Furpo's performance, but every time I saw 
him. He didn't look like he was doing too much too bad. Um, the third goal, yeah, you know, he probably could be positioned better. He does have two players there on that side, and I think because he's also them watching Gallagher come in. Um, I think really I put that on Gray, but I think that's more down to Gray also possibly being absolutely shattered of him not get, being on the right side of Gallagher in that tracking. But that's about it. Otherwise, it was good. Joseph had a good game and stuff, and we we pushed him, and that's good, and that's exactly what I wanted from the FA Cup match. I wanted us to... I won't say I wanted us to lose, but I think my ideal scenario for the rest of the season was put up a good performance and don't get hammered. And, you know, if we lose, it's a last minute goal that, you know, we put up a good fight and it's not too, it's not too heartbreaking regarding momentum. Yeah. Well, I think the thing I take about that the most is the team we put out had a number of changes made to it. Uh, we were missing our two best attackers in Ruter and Somerville. And our standings did a very good job. Anthony, especially, had a very good game. And obviously, Joseph scoring his first two senior goals, which is, I'm so delighted for him because I'm a big fan of his. And I think I think this may be a bit of an impetus to maybe get him more first team minutes, maybe even some starts in, in, the, in the championship. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. But overall, yeah, but very happy with the performance that we, we put out. Um, a couple of individuals didn't perform necessarily great, but... The trend for the opposition is you, you can't not take it into account because their front line was pretty much their normal line in the Premier League and it's got a lot of talent in there. A lot of good international players who are worth a lot, a lot of money. Um, so yeah, we can be proud of that performance and it's one less game for us to play. Especially since Leicester did go through the crown, so that's an extra game for them and one less for us. Yeah, I think if... So right that it's going to be their Southampton game that's likely to be, which means a bit of disruption for both those teams, which can only help us at this point in the season, really. Yeah, I saw that too. That that, that is another good thing as well. So all, all all little things can help on the way to the Premier League. But that's enough on Chelsea. Well, let's begin to Huddersfield because. You've spent a lot of time looking over Huddersfield recently, haven't you, Tom? Yeah, I have. I knew that we had this game coming up and I had an assignment at university that just paired hand-in-hand perfectly for this. So, yeah, I've done a lot of Huddersfield watching and looking into them and obviously as soon as I picked Huddersfield to be the team that I was going to select, they sacked Darren Moore and then the last game before we actually play them, they hired a new manager. In uh, in Andre Britton writer, exactly. So it's been a bit of change recently for Huddersfield. For only what about ten days ago was it that he was appointed? He he was announced before the um, before the whole game. I think the day before the whole game. But then it was like Jonathan Worthington will take the whole game still, and then so he's had a full week. Then with uh, the game before the Watford game on Saturday, and then he's had a second week. So yeah, about 11, 12 days in the job, but announced like 13, 14 days ago. Yeah, yeah, so that's a very big change for them. And what do you say their, their season's been like? So not very good, I'd, I'd say, overall. Not a lot of wins, a lot of draws from what I can see. Yeah, I think from if we go back to when we played them last time, they just kind of just hired Darren Moore and it was kind of, oh, well, we're not losing as much now. You know, they had Warnock at the start of the season. They didn't think they were going to be in any danger of relegation. I think they thought that Darren Moore were going to quite solidify them once he got his foot on foot like in the door properly, and, and that just really didn't happen. I think he got three wins in 23 games or something like that. And yeah, they're currently now two points above the relegation zone with 
an XG difference of minus ten. So they're not they're not exactly perform, performing great there. Or minus eleven even really. It's ten point eight. Uh, and their actual goal difference fifth, minus fifteen. So yeah, it's not not been a great a great get, a great start for them or a great season for them, should I say? Yeah, exactly. And a, a few of the teams who are below them have have had got new managers recently as well, and they've got had a bit of a manager bounce going, haven't they? And I think I think QPR has done better since that their new managers come in. Sheffield Wednesday as well have had some improved results recently, so they really need to keep this going. Yeah, I think the Sheffield Wednesday one for them is. So like they were that bad at the start of the season that it's been so tough for them to get back because I thought, oh, Sheffield Wednesday have turned the corner. They're going to be up there and staying up easily now with the way that they had been performing. Um, yeah, and then they're actually on 32 points and still like four points off getting out of the relegation zone. And Jonathan Worthington's first game as takeover was a 4-0 win for Huddersfield against Sheffield Wednesday. So Huddersfield are doing okay against the teams around them. Yeah, their recent form under Worthington was good. He got two wins and two draw and two losses. The losses came against Southampton and Hull, so they're obviously top six teams. They def- they beat Sunderland one nil, and that, according to the XG, was one which they should have won as well, one point four to zero point eight. And yeah, they beat Sheffield Wednesday four nil. And then in the most recent game, which was Andre uh, Britton Writer's first game, uh, they they beat Watford two one away from home. So yeah, so it was a great first result for the new new manager. I must say because. Watford's have been a bit up and down, but still a strong side in this division, I think. They've got a lot of good players in in that squad. Um, so, yeah, that's a very good result for them. But now, t- talking away from the results, um, t- how they set up in possession, obviously. So, yeah. how is it that they've they've been in the past few games and how do you think they may change when Breton Wright has got a bit more time in the job? Yeah, so I, I've basically watched... Um... I watched quite. A, I watched a game of Hoffenheim as well, which was uh, Britain Wright's former team. So, just as a bit of history, him and Farker have played each other as managers. Have faced each other while in their previous jobs last season of Hoffenheim and Gladbach. Uh, Farker has a winning score of seven two against him of four one and a three one. So, maybe Farker's already got the better of his system. Um, I unfortunately couldn't find that game to watch. But yeah, getting into exactly what we should probably expect to see. Um, in possession, his Hoffenheim team just look to get the ball f- forward as quick as possible. The first thought is go, um, look to try and exploit wide areas. So you'll see the centre-backs trying to hit wide lines. And if they do put it out wide early on in deep build-up, then it'll be kind of, you know, that, that first ball forward, direct running. As soon as they've gathered the ball, they're looking to the next pass is forward. It's ne- never back. It's forward, forward, forward. And I think one of the attacks that I saw, it was kind of like a, six pass sequence and they got it from back to front in kind of 10 seconds or something like that I think with the timer on it um yeah so it's going to be really direct from them they're not going to try and hold on to the ball too much we'll probably see I'm expecting that Karoma will start again at nine uh they played in a two in the last game of Bergzog and Karoma and they kind of alternated but I think that that was possibly due to uh Sauber Thomas's partner having a child and so he last minute went back up. He last minute went back up to West Yorkshire to go and be there for the birth of his child. Um, so I expect him to come back in. And yeah, what we'll, what I'll expect to see is um, Caru- they'll kind of like I expect because I think Hogg's going to be injured too. So I think that we'll see like Matos and Radoni players. They're uh, middle players, the central players, and when they've got it deep, they're going to probably split wide and try and create space in the middle, which is where what we'll pro- what we'll see is. Karoma come deep into that space when the ball's played forward. And then uh, Bergzog and Thomas, I expect, to kind of run, try and aim and hit that space behind. 
or you might even, if he controls it, Rodoni might try and run off him and go direct. Rodoni's a really good carrier of the ball. He's in the 86th percentile, according to FB ref, so of the other 14 leagues that are at the top five, um, regarding his progressive carries and his ball carrying ability. And yeah, he's he loves to shoot from distance as well. So I think that the players are there for him to for him to do the sort of thing that he wants to do. Looking at the way that they played against Watford, it looked like they took on some of his ideas pretty quickly. That's good. That's good to see. So maybe an interesting game. See how we handle that 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 directness, and especially when we are committing a lot of bodies forward, that will be an interesting battle. If they can get those players and carry the ball on the ball quickly and get it to, to their front line fast, then. It would be a difficult situation for us to handle, but we'll see how that goes. And how about when it comes to out of possession? How how do you think they'll want to approach this game? Um, how, how have they been? I think there've been many changes in that approach. Um, I think the only sort of change will be really how aggressive they are with their wing backs and how the back three will set up in in their formation. I'm expecting a a back three. That's all that Andre uh, Breton Wright has used. In, in his career mainly, probably I'd say 90% have been back three formations of 3-5-2 or 3-4-3. Um, and that's actually how Huddersfield lined up against us, uh, against not against us, against Southampton. So against the team most like us of the past five games. And they did some very similar things already. They were doing the man-to-man press, aggressive man-to-man press high up. Um, the thing what Andre Brettenreiter's Hoffenheim used to do was their left w- wing back and right wing back which was Angelino on left and I can't remember who the one on the right was but they'd be really really high so they'd like from goal kicks you'd have the front three marking three defenders being really tight you'd have the two eights pushing up onto the midfielders and then the full backs would be marked by the full backs and you'd kind of have all these seven players just right up in there and that left loads of space in behind because the back three would be really rigid and really narrow as well, so you'd have loads of space in the outside. And so what then becomes interesting is when you get past that, and the back three and back five, when they become a line in defence, they they just will not drop into that box. They'll create a straight line across the edge of the area when the ball's being played in front of the box. And there's there's one clip from Hoffenheim where it's like, the players drive into the box... And the players just aren't moving. They're sticking on that line. They're not dropping at all. And I think that that was also more really how um, Bremen played. And so what I noticed in the Huddersfield game against Watford, when Watford tried to get wide to put a cross in, as soon as it kind of crossed over the other side of the half space, as it went into those sort of areas, they dropped the defenders then. And I think that looking at the goals that they conceded from in the Southampton game, okay, different sort of thing, different manager setup and instructions, but there's the possibility to pull those defenders out of possession when we've got possession and pull those centre-backs. I think they've, they've got a tendency to get dragged out quite easily and be caught ball-watching. And yeah, I think that that's where we can hopefully get some get some freedom and get some success. So, Gaston, playing against us specifically, do you think it's likely that they would not use the full-backs in quite as much as an aggressive way and maybe stick to just the front three and the midfields or putting pressure on us rather than a full seven because that seems a bit suicidal <laughs> against yeah, us. Yeah, I think I think that's what, what you'd think they should do. But they did it against Watford, even when Watford have like some decent championship wingers and they still they still kind of press quite high with their... I think there was one 
moment where um, Brody Gilmore, I think he he's. I've heard good things about him from some Huddersfield fans, um, but I've spotted some stuff where he's maybe a bit too aggressive in his in his press, and so he gets caught out flat-footed, being a bit too flat against the player when he's gone to press them, and so he's dribbled past quite easily as well. And then he just got caught a bit high up for Watford's goal and then wasn't strong in the challenge either. And yeah, I think that they should probably try and make sure that he's deep, but I think that the instructions of being direct and trying to get forward as fast as possible could be the one which is more the the overruling philosophy that Andre Brennan Ryo want to see. That's very fair. So regards to their squad overall, uh, what you already mentioned a couple of the players, uh, so you you mentioned Ridoni and um Corona. Is there anyone else who yeah. we need to look out for in a good sense and then also in a that way so that plays that we can get at kind of thing? Yeah, so in a in a good sense I think um Bergzorg is is quite a good player. Um he's Another dribbling, I think him and Karoma have kind of been their uh, kind of creative players from ball carrying, really, as well, in, in attacking areas rather than progression. So he, he's meant to be quite good. And then Sauber Thomas as well, like he had a really good game against Southampton. Um, his crosses from deep were really good. So he has been used as a wing back at some point this season. But I think that Kasumu, who has played there in the games which I've seen, I think he's probably likely to play it play it right wing back when it comes but yeah Sober Thomas it'll be a name that people have heard of before um, I'll say I think he's a Welsh international and another one <laughs> um, and yeah I think they're, they're probably the players that I think their attacking players are the players that we need to watch but I'm not 100% scared of them I think Jack Radone is probably the only he's probably the best player they're kind of attacking prowess and then yeah defensively as you also asked for um yeah, Tom Lees and Nakayama. Uh, I don't know Nakayama's uh, first name, but they have the tendency to be caught ball watching, being dragged out, um, being a bit too aggressive and leaving, and then leaving in loads of space in behind. And in a system like this, where that edge of the box defending is so important, as soon as you pull out of that and you're leaving so much space then inside the box that can be exploited, um, and I think that that's just something we can probably get out. I've got a feeling that they can easily be enticed in. Um, and then, you know, we've got... If you can entice him with one of Somerville, Nyonto or Rotaire, and then you just play around them and the space is there for them to drive into. Um, and I don't know if you did see the clip of the goal which Watford should have scored, where the right wing back... Um, I can't remember which player it was. He got beaten a bit too easily. And then... Um, Matty Pearson, the other centre-back for Huddersfield, had to pull out and it caused loads of space between the centre-backs. So this is kind of like where I'm thinking we, as, for us we can exploit the fact that they leave quite a bit of space because then when the centre-backs have to spread and you isolate and there's even more space to play through. Um, and Tom Lee's got caught ball-watching and I think it's Radjinovic for Watford had a free header and he put it to the corner flag in real Steve Morrison style. Um, if anyone gets to see that, it is one of the worst headers I've ever seen. It's like a, it's like a defensive clearance header, <laughs> and he's a striker on his own, unmarked with like five meters on either side of him. Fantastic. Yeah, so that that definitely does sound like there's a lot of things that we can work with with our, our front line to cause them problems. Um, we would normally ask about the date of their season so far, but I'm not sure it really bought much for this game because obviously it's been a few different managers so the all over the place but needless to say there's a lot of things in there which is quite bad would you say yeah um and even just looking at like 
their past success rate from the previous game, they attempted 421 and succeeded 301. And the uh, the pass map of that, it's just kind of all from the edge of the box, just inside the box, going back out to the wings, attacking the wide areas as direct as they can. There's a lot of unsuccessfuls. And there's had, they, I mean, I'm looking at it now, there's probably about 15 passes in the central zone in in in, our, in the opposition half. So, like, that is just going to be pure direct from that stats-wise um, with the passing, which I think their squad is built for. Yeah. I think there's one thing I've noticed, which I, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about there, but I've just noticed myself having a quick look. Their, their set-piece actually is pretty high. Uh, for the division, um, yeah. they've got the, the fifth highest set piece XG and eleven goals scored from eleven point one four XG. So a set piece threat is always one which Leeds fans will be terrified by. So just keep an eye on set pieces is probably what I'd say. Yeah, and I don't know if they class as set pieces, but I class them personally as set pieces. Um, their two goals against Watford came from throwing, um, kind of build up. So. They kept the possession after the throwing and then got a crossing and, and scored from that. Um, and that reminds me of another player that I need to mention, actually, because uh, he's also a haunt of Leeds United. <laughs> um, but yeah, and another thing that they did at Watford, they tried this little fancy uh, free kick routine where they had two players in front of the ball kind of blocking the view. They rolled it back for Radoni. It looked like he was going to shoot, so he pulled out a man from the wall, but he actually then played it back out wide to one of them that ran down the wing, but then he overcooked it, overcooked his run, didn't take a good enough touch, and it, it just didn't work. So I think like one of the things that probably we do need, not just that they're good at set pieces, I think they're trying some different stuff now, so we have to stay awake at set pieces to make sure we're not caught out by something stupid. Um, yeah, the Watford... The goals against Watford were both scored by one player and one player only, and that is Danny Ward, who has causes. Who I think, and I've got a feeling, I might be wrong. It might be an FM haunt of mine, but I'm sure that he's scored goals against us before and been a bit of a nuisance. Yeah, I think he's quite a good aerial threat, and so their first goal came from actually a, a, a cross from Nakayama, who is their wide left centre back in this game. Um, it's a really good cross actually, and then it's a really good header. But I think that should we should just kind of like. If Danny Ward's on the pitch, you just make sure that Rodon's on him and it shouldn't be an issue for him. I'm just looking at their goal scorers. Um, Michael Hellick is their top scorer. And is he one of their <laughs> centre-backs? He is a centre-back who has been injured. Um, according to the press conference today, he's been back in training and should be available for Sunday. I think there's a lot of calls for him to start in front of Lees because of he's got he's got a bit more pace than Lees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think Huddersfield fans really want uh, Balkier. I think he's pronounced. They they wish he was back because apparently he's like their fastest centre back and really good centre back. He's just had too many issues with injuries. So yeah, I think that it'll be interesting. I think Michael Hellick as well might have. Oh no, that was Michael Heffler yeah. <laughs> that scored that goal <laughs> against us, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, yeah, Michael Hellick. But yeah, if he's if he's there, then that's obviously going to be another threat as well. Yeah, he will definitely have to manage because um, I think he's their top scorer. He's scored eight goals and he scored those eight goals from only 20 shots, which is <laughs> just absurd. <laughs> really absurd. Yeah. But but yeah, I think that's about it for the data side of things and set pieces. But uh, before we move on to the Leeds part, how about the predicted lineup? How, what do you think it's going to look like? Yeah, so as I said, I think we'll probably see a 3-4-3 three, three, 
Uh, probably uh, Nichols in goal. Back three of Pearson, Lees or Hellick, as I just said, probably in the central position there. And then Nakayama. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Jonathan Hogg's not going to play because he's had back spasms all week. So they were trying to, I think it's one of those where he might actually never train ever. And then he just plays. I think that's the sort of state that Jonathan Hogg's in. So if, if he plays, it's probably going to be him and Rodoni as the middle two. If he doesn't, it'll be Rodoni and Matos, uh, which I think is this, the midfielder from Chelsea on loan, who potentially. I think it's going to be Rodoni and Matos. Wingbacks will probably be Brody Gilmore and Kasumu, and then a front three of Bergzog, Karoma, and uh, Sorbet Thomas, with Karoma more playing a false nine kind of role, really. Yeah, good stuff. So... Uh... That's everything for the Huddersfield part of this pod. So before we move on to the Lee's analysis, we're going to go for a quick break. But first, a little bit more about our Patreon, because if I didn't do it, Tom Olson would murder me. But because he was the guy who missed out on this pod, yeah, I don't really care. Anyway, don't worry, patrons, you don't have to hear this bit. Uh, Patreon is a media platform where you can support content creators you enjoy and get extra content in return. Uh, patrons get access for as little as one ninety nine per month, which gives you ad-free podcasts. And if you want to pay a little bit more, you get other benefits, including early access to our preview pods, such as this one, analysis articles, videos, and bonus podcasts. Um, so we've got three tiers. The variety tier for one ninety nine, which gives you ad-free podcasts. The click tier for three ninety nine, which gives you ad-free podcasts, as well as early access to our preview pods. And then the final tier, the best tier, because it's named after the one man himself, Pablo Hernandez, is four ninety nine. And for that one, you get everything from the two previous tiers, as well as all the rest of the stuff we do, the articles, videos, and bonus podcasts. So if that, our patrons want to, want to find where that is, where will they go, Tom? They will go to patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon. Fantastic. And now we'll move on to the leads part. But first... Me and Hosty are going to swap roles, and Hosty is going to be the host for this one. So take it away, Tom Hosty. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Tom Hosty here. Oh, God, my mum would kill me now. So let, let's just start with a little bit of news. Uh, injuries. So some good news in the presser. Uh, Rute and Bamford were in training. There's a late call on Ilya Gruev, and obviously the confirmed injured is Stroik. And uh, yeah, he's somewhere. He's probably in Dallas just being. Yeah, so Stuart Dallas is. is he might as well be in Dallas. So, how, how, how are we feeling about that injury news? Well, I'm glad that obviously my boy Rute is fit and in training. And obviously, Paddy B is always the guy who 
we want to be playing at the moment because he makes our front line work so much better when he's in. Um, so yeah, very good news on them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what will happen if uh, Ilya Groove is not fit for this one uh, because it could have some interesting things happen and we may see like first league start by Son Roberts maybe. Um, if he, he could come in for him and Gray could play in midfield, especially after how well he did in the cup against Chelsea. Uh, Leeds fan hope we want to see a bit more of that, but it's also possible that Ampadu could, could stay in midfield. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting things with this game, I think. Yeah, so I guess kind of this question varies depending on what we've just said as well, but how how do you think we'll approach the game in possession? Most likely be quite similar to the way that we normally do. Depends on how Huddersfield approaches this game as well. That could in, interrupt the way we approach the game in possession. If they do go with quite a high press, there could be more space for us to attack more directly. So if that's the case, you know, I would expect us to try more direct balls to wide spaces, uh, especially like you mentioned earlier about them being a lot of space in those wide channels when they do commit their fullbacks forward. So if that is something that they do do and there is that space there, I would expect it to be a little bit more direct than normal but to take advantage of that. Um, but other than that, we will still look to attack in transition and get our attacking players on the ball quickly when, when Huddersfield do commit men forward. And we will look, look to possess the ball and I probably would expect us to set quite a high advantage of this game, position-wise. Ethan said that they like to possess the ball too much, so I would expect us to be quite ball-dominant. Um, but largely, I think we will still be just what we're used to from this season under Daniel Parker. Yeah, I think um, by what I meant was like if Bamford's there, then that direct option's probably going to work a bit better for us. Um, if Bamford if Bamford's not there, then we probably have to try and look at a way of working around the press from deep and beating it, which is probably where then you know having. I mean, I know that Groove and Camara are good. I guess my my worry is the next question for if it is Camara and Gray, which is how do you expect us to approach this game out of possession? The midfield pairing does make a bit of a difference to how we approach this. Um, and I wonder which one of the two, if it was Camera and Gray who were in midfield, which one of the two would be the more advanced? Because Archie is probably the better one to be playing the more advanced midfield role, I would say. Um, and But also Camera is also probably the one who has been really effective, especially being the link-up guy between midfield and attack. So it's, it's going to be interesting how that, that, that will play out. But I would still expect us to be quite aggressive in possession, no matter what, what personnel we have. Um, actually, will be very good playing that midfield role, putting pressure up on, the, on their midfielders when they have the ball. But I would probably expect us then to not really entertain our press too much and probably go quite direct and try, try to bypass it that way. But we do definitely have, we do definitely have players who we can put pressure on. And I don't see too many confident ball players in their back line. Um, you've watched them a bit more than me, but... What more do you think on that? Yeah, I've I've not seen anything from the back three that they've got um, that I've seen. But obviously, like I said, the, the Helix coming back, I'm not entirely sure how mm-hmm. if he's a bit better on the ball. Um, and then yeah, they've got they've got a left wing back called Jones. I think he's another young kid, and when he was on against Southampton, he was just pressed and just panicked, and it it was it was very. Very hard watch. I felt really sorry for him. Um, but yeah, I think, like we said, they're going to go quite direct. So we've just got to make sure that we don't get caught up in um, in being dragged around too much by their, their movement of them dropping deep. I think I think one of the things that will help us with the way that they play is 
Rodon and Cooper or Ampadu, which whichever centre backs will be, as long as they don't get dragged by Karoma um, and don't let that space be created behind them, uh, will we'll be okay. I think that's the key out of possession thing for me. Um, obviously, I think we will probably press and step on them a bit in defence because I'm not. In, I don't think they are that good at playing it quickly. I think what they'll do is they'll go back and then try and just go forward as quick as they can. I think they're probably likely not to give us time to press. So yeah, and so do you think that given everything that we've said, there's going to be any players that will have a big impact on the outcome of this game from Leeds? Again, this can be good or bad. I think the biggest one will be our attacking lineup because of, of, I, I think we're going to have quite a bit of joy in areas, especially if they do try to commit players forward into a high press. Musa uh, should be very good at into that space and so should both whoever is our wide man for this one whether it will be James on the right or Nonto on the right both those players will excel in, in this game I think And but I think possibly James may be the better option in this game and that's something I, I would have thought me saying um, but true <laughs> we've got he's got a lot of pace to him and if we want someone who's more direct to bypass uh, admittedly quite slow Klein that could be a very good option for us to try to look to get him involved and he, he can have a really good game and I think for our feeling um, and then the other battle will be in midfields you mentioned one of their midfielders is quite efficient at carrying ball which one was it? Uh, that, that, that one's Jack Rodoni Rodoni that's it so yeah the, we'll have to be very aware of that and whoever is playing in midfield will have to make sure they, they are Really tight on him and get getting the ball off him as soon as he does try to carry the ball forward and break through our lines. So it's just something to be aware of for our midfield players that they will have to be on the best of their game. And I have faith that they will because they've felt off very good players, especially if Archie is playing. He did a good job against a very expensive midfield at Chelsea with Caicedo and um, Landers. So, yeah, yeah, there was there was one moment where um, he was in a battle with Caicedo in, in the middle of the pitch and the ball was bouncing and he just saw like. Did, did sort of like the Nonto touch against Plymouth where we asked like was did he mean the touch or not but he did that around Caicedo and then out-muscled Caicedo and played the pass and I was just like I know what is going on um, yeah so yeah any, any players that you're worried about and their performance and who they'll be up against I'm not sure it depends who is playing in our back line so we're aware of Furpo's deficiencies when it comes to defend, defending and they do have a, no- a number of players in their front line who can carry the ball well so that would be one potential banana skin which we can avoid if possibly Byron comes back into this game. And I know he, I think he's fit at the moment. I'm not sure. Was he on the bench against Chelsea? I, I, I'm, I, should have. I don't think he was. I feel, I feel like Shackleton yeah. was meant to start at left back. Is what that's what Farker said. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think Byron was on the bench. I can't, I can't quite remember. Um, yeah, I think Kasumu and. Uh, Thomas could possibly cause Furpo some problems if they can double up on him to get round him. Um, and then, yeah, depending on if it's Cooper, he should be, I think he should be fine in this game. Um, especially with his ability on the ball while they're playing in a high press, I think we'll, it, it will probably work fine for us when we're in possession. Uh, out of possession could be a, a different matter as long as he's not caught too much on the back foot, I guess. Yeah, that's I probably agree with that. Um, but yeah, the, those are two areas which are, um, especially with, with the injuries that we potentially have with if Groove is injured, and we are maybe putting Ampadu 
back into midfield to cover that or just depend what Fabian goes for. Like, if he feels Roberts did good in the job against Chelsea, then maybe he gets no start. But we're probably moving into the predicted lineup now, so maybe I should just go, go into that. Yeah. I was, gonna, I, was gonna, I was about to say, do you want to hazard a guess at what it's going to be, seeing as how it does seem like one which could be quite complicated? Yeah, so obviously it'd be Melier in goal, and the uh, Roden will definitely be in centre-back, and I want to say that Robert will be at right-back, and Ampadu will be joining Roden at centre-back, and I'm probably going to say it'll be third poke-up, mainly because I don't know if Barham is fit or not, but if Barham is fit, then I think he may start. Thurpo's played a lot of games recently, and... It's only so long before he breaks. <laughs> we know this. So, if he's fit, I would say maybe Baron may start. And midfield, Ray and Samara, if Groove isn't fit. So, it's a few things that, that have changed in this, and it could be well be totally different to this. And then the front line, I would expect it to be Somerville, Routier, Bamford, and I'm going to say none so, mainly because James Starr is in the club and think that was because he wanted to play Nonto in this game so I'll say Nonto but this could be totally different because Bamford may not be ready to play from the start so he may be on the bench and if that happens I'm not sure what, what will happen in that scenario as well because uh, Matteo Joseph put in a very very strong case for him starting in this game over Perot and I don't think Perot had a good game against Chelsea he definitely struggled with the physicality in the, of their midfield players and a bit of a mismatch whereas Joseph competed really well and scored two goals, so it wouldn't surprise me if Bamford is injured or not in the start at least, because if could get his first championship start. What do you think? Um, I get the feeling, and this is based on how I think uh, Huddersfield will line up, and, and so I think that we need to try and combat maybe just that directness and breaking. So, like one of the things is making sure that like our rest defense is pretty good and at, at it, and I've just got a feeling that. Kamara and Gray is probably a bit too that they're not as competitive as Ampadu is and Groove. So if if it's Groove who's out, then I'll probably I'll probably say that it'll be Gray at right back. Obviously Melly and goal. And I'll probably say go with Rodon Cooper. Furpo or Byron, I'm not entirely sure. And that's a cop out, obviously. Um probably if, if Byron's fit then I'd say go Byron, but if he's not fully fit then I'd, I'd say start him for sixty and then bring on Furpo. Sort of thing is probably what I'd look at doing if he if he can get through it, um, and then Ampadu and Kamara I'd probably bring Ampadu back into the midfield just to add that bit of solidity of clearing up on uh, counters and fast transition. We're looking to try and utilise, um, and then yeah, the front four, the front four, uh, the only one that I can pick is Somerville and Rutter for the same reasons that you you were saying. Um, I I see plus points for both Dan James and Nyonto. Um, because I think Nyonto will be able to, on the dribble, get past their left wing back and cause some issues for the centre-backs. I think Dan James will be able to just skin them with pace once he's got some open space out there. Um, and then, yeah, but that only really probably comes into effect too much if it's uh, if it's Bamford up front, I think, is the only time when we might get that James plus side from it. So I think that depends on... So if we end up going with Perot, I'd probably say put Nonto on the right, and if we go with Bamford, I'd probably say go with James. Yeah, the the one thing I'll note on something with Joseph's performance last night as well that I noticed was as good as his like finishing was and his attacking play, there were moments where I felt he could have moved into a space to link up play, and he just seems to shy away from that a little. Um, but hopefully that that sort of that'll come 
potentially. Uh, and so, yeah, what what are you expecting this game of football to look like? So it's definitely going to have a chaotic start. I feel I think no matter what, I think Huddersfield probably will come out quite aggressively in in the start of game. I think they'll will look better and try to get an early goal in the first fifteen minutes. Try to put us on the back foot. Um, but I think if we can ride through that, we should settle into into this game nicely and be able to possess the ball quite a lot. Um, I think we should be able to play through their press as well if we if they do attempt attempt it. Um, we have done very well against a few presses and against Chelsea. Their press was pretty high in the, in the first half and we did a too bad, bad, job, bad job of managing it. And they struggled more with our press <laughs> than we did. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if if we do get past that high press, if we do go for it from from the start, we could well get an early-ish goal because that if they do leave a lot of space behind in that high press, um, I think I would say There'll be a goal in the first half either way, but I'm not sure who for who. We'll have to see how that how that part of it goes and how aggressive Huddersfield do come at us in this game. Yeah, I think um we're probably gonna see us try and pull their press so that we can exploit it. I think really the only, probably the best presser that they've got, as weird as this sound will sound to some people who considering what I've said about him earlier on, is Jonathan Hogg. Um he's really good at snapping in to that press and winning the ball back. Um but everyone else is just kind of like they're good at following the ball, but they're not quite good at timing when to actually do the, like, try and instigate the tackle and winning the ball back. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we'll probably look to bait that and create what we've started to call, like, artificial transitions. Um, whereas they're going to, they're going to look to go straight into transition as fast as they can. Um, there'll be no sort of like where we might win the ball back and it looks like we should go and attack straight away. Um, we, we've all said this before and what our team does is we might recycle it back and just make sure we've got control of possession and we know where everyone is and it's calm. They will not do that. They, they will go, okay, where's this first forward pass? Oh, right, yeah, well, let's go there now. Um, even like I said, Jack Redone is a, a good player on the ball for Huddersfield Town and you see him in the middle saying, don't give it to me, I'm not direct enough, go down the line further, quicker, let's go. Um and he wants to like get the ball at the edge of the box and shoot, basically. That's why. So he's like, don't give it me here. But yeah, um, I think it's going to be one of those where they're going to really come at us. Like you said, I think I'm going into the next question. So I'll, I'll wait until you've answered it and I'll go into where what I was about to say. So where do you think the game will be won or lost, Martin? I think a lot of it will be down to how we handle their threats and how we play through it and exploit the space that they will leave behind with that and if we do manage to play through it well and exploit that space and get our good attacking players on the ball quickly and attacking their back line then we should have a lot of joy in that and that will be a big reason why we will be able to win if that does the place however if it doesn't and we do struggle with their press and maybe give them the ball in dangerous positions when we're in the middle of transition then that could definitely spell Bad things for us away from home in Derby. That would spell a trouble if we did concede an early goal thanks to a poor condition. So, yeah, that's probably what I would say is mainly their press and how well we deal with it. Yeah, I think um, Yeah, I think there's two two things for this. It's probably the first 15 minutes because I, th- I think both teams are really going to go for it. Obviously, where where the top scorers are within that time frame. And I think under this new way of playing and the way that I think Andre 
Red and Wright has been talking, he's kind of been talking about this game before the Watford game and really kind of bringing it up, trying to really get the fans on side quickly with that. So um, I think the team will be really fired up. So I think that first 15 minutes is going to be frenetic. And so I think that that could be where the game is won or lost. Um, and then, as you say, it's probably how well they execute their out of possession structure. Because if they don't execute it well and they try and do what I think they're going to try and do, we're going to pull them to shreds. But if they execute it, if they execute it well, it's going to probably cause us some issues. Um, so yeah, and obviously we we don't do prediction. So that means I've not done a preview for a while. I don't think because this feels weird finishing like this. But uh, I think I think we're done, Martin. So just a quick reminder: what what's the? I know I said it earlier, but it's what's the Patreon website again? Asaw Patreon. That's the one, right? Uh, we'll be back with a review of this game, the Huddersfield game. And I think we're hoping to record that on Sunday. It's a lunchtime kickoff, don't forget. And there are no trains. There's no trains stopping in Huddersfield train station on Saturday from Leeds. Yeah. Good luck to everyone who is going. But all that's left for me to say thank is you well, thank Tom. you to Martin. And thank you. not No thank you, Tom Alderson. No thank you to you. But thank you, dear listener. Tootsins. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.